Welcome to Interviews. My name is Laurent Autain and I am on a quest to crack the entrepreneurship code. I created this podcast to give a voice to passionate small and medium entrepreneurs around the world. I hope that the stories, practical tips and advice my guests share will inspire you to better navigate your own entrepreneurship journey. Hi, thank you for joining Interviews. Today I'm with Zuzana Dobro, founder of ZuzanaDobro.com, based in the UK. Hello, Zuzana. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Good. So tell us a little bit about your journey to start. Sure. So uh, I was born in Czechoslovakia. Uh, and now currently, you know, there are two countries. So I am Slovakian from Slovakia. And uh, when I was, uh, when I was uh, very young as a kid and a teenager, I actually uh, uh, grew up and really uh, received all my education uh, during the communist times uh, still. Mm. So uh, you could call it, I'm, I'm a communist kid uh, um, because, you know, I grew up in that regime. So had a very bring, uh, like different upbringing uh, comparing to many uh, fellow entrepreneurs or designers uh, that I know. And uh, I always dreamt about being able to leave and travel. So that was really, you know, one of my big dreams, childhood dreams. And uh, I was, you know, I was always taught uh, when I was a kid, no, you, you, you won't be able to do that, you know, comply, don't ask too many questions, you mm. know. Stop dreaming. You can read the books, but that's about it. So it's been really, it's been really tough for me, you know, as a, as a kid, really, because I've always been super curious where, for example, uh, my brother, I have a brother and he's like opposite to me. Like he doesn't like leaving his house and his town. You know, he, he loves hanging around uh, about familiar things where I've always been very, oh no, but what about this? You know, can I go and see this place? Uh, so it's always been part of me. And, um, I was very fortunate uh, because I came as one of the first generations where the change came. So mm-hmm. I was in my secondary school where there was uh, basically a big change where the Berlin Wall, uh, wall came down. And mm-hmm. I suddenly started to see the possibilities and I was like, oh, what does this mean? Like, does it mean that I can actually leave and how? And, you know, I don't have any any money. like. Uh, it's the, all these questions, you know, that goes through your head, like, well, how can I make this happen? You know, and I was super, I was super curious about uh, England and I really wanted to actually learn English. And right. during the time when I was growing up, that was almost impossible because all you could, uh, you know, learn was Russian because you had to. Yeah. And don't get, don't get me wrong. I think Russian is a beautiful language. So it, it, it really is a beautiful language, but as a kid, you perceive things differently. You know, when they tell you you have to, you go like, but why? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and there was no chance to really learn like English. Uh, only privileged uh, kids that went to special schools that were groomed to then be, you know, in a diplomacy and forefront of the Communist Party. Yes, they, they, they were able to study English and other languages. German was big. But that was it, right? Mm. Uh, you know, there, I, not many options. And I was like, dang, I really want to learn it. And when I was 18, I decided to come to England on my own. <laughs> and just really like, almost like hope for the best. Like, I'm going to work it out, uh, you know, on a fly. Mm. So 
to be honest, like since I'm since I was you know 18, I really been uh, looking after myself and making uh, making things happen in my life uh, on my own without support of of anyone else because uh, you know back then in communism you you didn't have much money you know mm-hmm. it's just a, such a different society you know and my grandmother had to save money 10 years for me to give it to me when i was 18 and she said to me like hey you know this is what i've saved up for you this is yours do whatever you want with it wow. and i decided to go to england and it was only listen to this it was only 200 pounds but at the time it was probably equivalent of 500 600 mm-hmm. but still like yeah, it was very little yeah very little and and it took so many years to be able to save up because you know the exchange rate at the time was very different and we had corona there was no euro none of that right and uh yeah that that was that was in my pocket right. <laughs> so i'm gonna tell you so you have always worked for yourself then? So uh, I, I, when I came, uh, I, I worked uh, uh, as a student part-time because I went to school to study mm-hmm. English and, and that gave you opportunity to, you know, uh, just, just try to make some living, t- just try to make it happen right through. Uh, so I work in all, you know, at the beginning, all sorts of jobs, uh, even though uh, I was really, really passionate about design, about drawing, about, you know, the, all, the, all the creative field was always with me. Uh, but at that time, immediately, I couldn't get a job because I couldn't speak uh, properly, right. you know. And you're like, when you are designing or when you are solving problems for clients, uh, you need to explain yourself. You need to defend your work. You need to present yourself. And obviously, <laughs> without speaking language, uh, that doesn't, <laughs> it's not possible, basically. No, 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 matter what, no matter how amazing you are, if you cannot explain, you know, the meaning behind and the whole process, for example, then it's, it's, it's much tougher, right, mm. uh, to, 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 to establish yourself immediately. So I slowly started to work through, right? I, I worked on my own projects and slowly started to basically, you know, um, along the years really to work through. And uh, I knew that once, uh, once, I had, once I had a really good, uh, you know, solid work behind me, because most of the time, uh, for example, when, when you are a designer, if you, re- if you are really good at your work, it speaks. Mm. You don't, you know, like uh, the, the dream come true for designer is that when someone sees your, so your projects and your work, then uh, those clients, can immediately grasp the level, right, uh, of, of, of your creativity or, or the level where you are. So it's very obvious. You cannot like, you know, yeah, you cannot BS yourself through it uh, because mm. it's, it's visual, right? It's, it's usually, you know, presented in a visual way. So you can, you can spot it immediately. So that was, you know, that was one of the things that I was, you know, slowly building up. And obviously with the time, you know, I improved my English and, yeah, so slowly, you know, I started to work through, you know, through the industry. Uh, and also, I think there's something very important to note that there was, there, was a, there was a moment where I actually left from the England and I, and, and I went back to Slovakia for half year. And then I actually went to Spain and I lived in Spain for five years, where I actually really honed down on my skills as a designer and mm. what I've done also in there. And again, I didn't speak any Spanish, so I had to go to school and I was fascinating by that language. It was crazy. Uh, but by the time I already knew how to speak English. So 
you know how they say that once you know uh, one foreign language which is very different to yours it's much easier to like it's you know air quotes it's much easier to pick up another language mm -hmm. so partially it was because i would say my brain was already just rewired differently to be able to you know grasp another language the problem with spanish was that they speak really fast <laughs> I, re I remember i remember like at the beginning uh, just just wondering it's like this is this is really hard like i don't know where the sentence starts and yeah. finishes and i was like how, how on earth i'm gonna learn this so that was another another cr crazy you know episode uh, in my in my life however in there what i've done uh, which was which was pretty i would say now i look back and i was like wow like that that's pretty crazy but i actually signed up uh, uh third year that I lived in Spain, in Madrid, I signed up for, for the private school, for the private masters to actually study design and art. Mm. So I was already working as a designer. So I was, I was making a, a, you know, decent income and I, I enrolled uh, in, in this private, um, you know, master for a whole year. And I knew that this is going to be tough because again, I, I was not fluent at the time. I wasn't fluent at Spanish. Mm -hmm. But I knew that if I studied a subject that I really love, and if I if I if I learn how to present myself again in a, in a foreign language and all of that, I'm gonna pick up that language really fast. First of all, and second, I, I'm going to learn. You know, I'm going to. It's almost like I'm going to solidify. Is this something that I really want to do for a living? Right. Mm -hmm. So it was that kind of a test for me. And so I did, and yeah, it was tough <laughs> because I was against, uh, again, you know, um, just going against another designers who were super fluent and presenting, you know, with, with ease and everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Uh, but I did. I just basically, you know, how to say, like, if you jump into the deep water, mm. you have to swim. That's what I've done. So that, right. that's, that is kind of, that is kind of a, you know, path that uh, when I'm really hesitant about something or I'm doubting, I really go and expose myself. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's really scary sometimes. Like, you know, your whole body is telling you, like, it's just all the alarms are going like, oh, you know, crazy. And your brain, like reptilian brain, right? The one that drives our fears does not want to be exposed to new things. So it's mm -hmm. all, you know, all the, all, all the alarms are just going off. Uh, despite of that it's so worth it and you know these these little lessons really gave me little big and little lessons really gave me a lot of resilience then as a as a professional you know and as a designer uh to 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 really uh follow that path right to follow the path that path that felt really right to my heart and this is how i've been really building up my skills uh, mm. you know along the years and Really, then when I came back, you know, to London, I really landed. Uh, I landed a really big, uh, important uh, position in one of the big corporations, and I was like, mm, should I, should I, should I really, you know, do this? Because that's obviously in-house. You work in-house, and it's a big corporation. It's a big change from cool, creative, you know, environment of agencies and 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 design studios in London. And I said, yeah, let's do it. It's going, this is going to be a very different, uh, you know, experience, uh, which, which I want to, I, I was very curious, basically. Mm. And also, uh, I was hunted to go and work in a team which was uh, at forefront of advertising at the time. So I actually ended up working on R&D projects uh, that then were actually using advertising industry. So 
you know, like I've always been working behind the scenes on the big things. Uh, and that was really cool. And the people I worked with, I, I learned a lot, you know. Uh, I also learned a lot how the corporations work and how, you know, there are things that are interesting, uh, really, really good. And, and there are also things that uh, just didn't, didn't resonate with me. Everything mm -hmm. moves slowlier. The yes. culture is different when you have a huge, you know, like a huge company. So I, I, again, amazing experience, no regrets whatsoever. It really, you know, taught me a lot, uh, but it also gave me a really good visibility into what's working, what's not working. And, you know, you can compare the two sides, right? So I've been on a client side and I also been on the agency side and also uh, on, on now uh, I'm, I'm independent working as a consultant. So it, it really, you know, more exposure you, you get, uh, right, in the world, more richer for it, it, it's going to be for you, you know, mm. to, to be able to then help the clients because they come from all sorts of backgrounds, uh, experiences, and, you know, struggles, uh, all sorts of problem solving. And, and yeah, th this is my experience. How, how it is for you, you know, when you, have a look, when you have a look at your, you know, past and what you've been exposed to, how, how do you see this? I think my, my past has helped me bring me to where I am, to where I am today. You know, mm -hmm. for, 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 for example, one of the things I do is I work, I work with entrepreneurs and my clients are entrepreneurs and I used to work only for entrepreneurs, like real entrepreneurs, the type of entrepreneurs that they give you the key and they tell you, hey, now you're going to manage my company. Oh, and by the way, I don't have any money. <laughs> so it's kind, of, it's, kind of, it's kind of, you know, running a company for yourself, although it's not, it's not, it's not your money. But it's, 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 it's the same. So, yeah, I can totally relate to, uh, to what you're saying. Although I don't have your, you know, I was not, I was born in France. I'm not, I'm not a communist kid like, like you were. <laughs> so I, I was a bit more, I was a bit more uh, lucky maybe in that, in that sense. Or maybe it made me more lazy than you. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's fascinating that, uh, you know, what you said, it's, I wouldn't say it's lazy. It's just comfortable. And mm. this is what I see. This is what I see uh, a lot in talented people, you know, and, and, you know, like I travel a lot to States also. And I also, you know, now my community uh, really is expanding towards entrepreneurs and small businesses also. Mm -hmm. But I travel a lot, you know, across countries where, uh, you know, running your own business and uh, being an entrepreneur is, is, is a big, you know, it's a big, you know, desire, big, big theme. But what I found, find is that a lot of people are, are, are really comfortable. You know, it's like, I'm good, you know, like I have enough, uh, like, uh, in the worst case, I'm going to get a job, uh, you know, it, it's the, it being compliant, comfort, comfortable with uh, having, you know, having choices uh, that still give you a decent lifestyle, right? And you don't, you've never been exposed to extremes. And mm -hmm. usually the extremes make you, make you so, you know, it, it just accelerates your decision making and your growth uh, because you don't have a choice. Mm. It's like climbing a mountain, you know, it's an extreme environment. And if you hesitate or, or if you decide to be lazy, the, the probability of you dying or perishing, you know, somewhere in crevice is very high, right? So you can't, you can't be comfortable. It's, it's really pushing you out of your comfort zone. So, 
Yeah, I would say it's comfortable, you know, more, yeah. more than anything else. That's how I perceive it, at least. Mm. And as and as an entrepreneur, it's very difficult to be comfortable. That's somewhere you don't want. This is don't where you don't want to be because this is when you put your business at at risk. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen. Uh, today you work in uh, design thinking. Tell me, what is what is this design thinking for entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. So, so design thinking for entrepreneurs. So let, let's just start what design thinking really is. And uh, for me, it's a philosophy. Mm. It's the way of approaching certain problems or even projects that has been used by by uh, quite a few different companies and you know let's say design studios to really approach a problem solving uh, literally and you can you can use it for so many different uh, you know situations uh, when when for example team uh, is stuck on something on idea or they they go from meeting to meeting. They need meeting to have a meeting. Well, that's like <laughs> an extreme. That's an extreme, but I've seen that happening. Yeah. Where where you can really immediately tap into, let's say, one of the you know uh, one of the tools from design thinking and really implement that immediately into getting people unstuck and move on. Right. Mm. So design thinking for entrepreneurs uh, is is literally um, the pre launch of your product and what you should be doing ideally to actually prepare uh, so anything that 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 you should be doing before you actually launch a product uh, to to the market and one thing that I that I see uh, quite often uh, with entrepreneurs is they they you know and some marketers are this is just how they are teaching it right but I am coming from, from the background of the origins, for example, of using uh, word beta. So, for example, you have a course or you have a product as an entrepreneur and you want to test it, right? So you launch your beta of your yeah. product, right? And you test it with people. However, for example, the origin of the beta comes from technology and beta of the product is actually a product that is already live and serving customers. So, so right. there is a discrepancy of, of people actually, or especially entrepreneurs understanding what beta actually is. And, uh, you know, design thinking for entrepreneurs really helps you to, to, to clarify these steps because when you are testing your, your idea, is it actually feasible? Okay, so this is like, does it have legs? It's not you launching a beta group to test it. That's, that's just... It, it shouldn't be called in beta. It should be just, you know, called test or, you know, just validation. And this is part of the design thinking process because what, what we do is really, you know, like the, the, the first step is empathy, uh, uh, empathy. So you need to empathize with, with, uh, with the audience, like you need to have a clarity who your customer is, right? And you are gathering your intel, you are doing your research. And then you define, then you are defining the problem, you know, the findings, uh, and, you know, then you take it to a stage of ideating, right? Mm-hmm. So you're finding, I have a lot of, you know, like there is a lot of feedback that I gathered from my clients or from the, from the market. And now, which are the problems, the real problems that I actually can solve and uh, especially want to solve? Because not everything is, you know, you shouldn't be <laughs> trying to solve everything. But you need to really cherry pick and, and pinpoint stuff that that will really move the needle for your for your clients. And then what we do with design thinking, we actually create uh, and we create a, 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 a quick we call it prototype or quick test, right, of your solution. 
that then be tasked with selected people. So this is the process. This is actually what entrepreneurs are doing. And beta comes when you are releasing the product already into the market because it's, right. you know, it should never be hundred percent, you know, already like it doesn't hundred percent never exist. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a paralyzing thought, you know? Mm. So your first, it's basically your first version of your solution, your course, uh, that you put out to a public and you actually start charging for, okay? So that is usually the beta. In some instances, you can also hear um, pilot. Yes. So we are launching pilot. Uh, this is quite prominent in movie industry. So when you have a TV series, let's say Netflix are piloting a TV series. So they, they, you know, they put it out and then see that if the first, you know, first uh, uh, series uh, will have a success traction, right feedback, and if not, they will sunset it, right? Mm. So that's kind of a pilot, but that's equivalent of uh, beta. And uh, for example, in uh, creating apps or software, so more, <clears throat> more of a tech space, uh, the first version could be beta. And also in agile development, it's called MVP, which is minimum viable product. So those two things are the same. You know, uh, the, the stage of, of them are the same, basically, where entrepreneurs are misusing the lingo. Mm. <laughs> So, so everything, everything, basically design thinking is really, uh, everything that happens before you actually launch and start charging, you know, for, 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 for your product, uh, or right. service or whatever you're offering. Right. And I see one of the thing with that design thinking approach is, or one, the, uh, one of the advantages is that you constantly keep your audience in mind, right? Your, your customers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm talking about that because I've seen it so many times that we often forget to think, you know, from the customer's perspective. Unfortunately, it's still happening. And I would say even in a bigger companies or experience, mm. more experienced companies. And uh, what really design thinking is serving you is that you can validate your idea really fast with customers and ideally you build your, your your product and your service with your customers and with their direct input uh, while you are actually while you're actually building and putting it together it's all about that really fast validation and getting the feedback and then you iterate right then you mm. do the updates you 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 take away stuff that didn't make any sense whatsoever right but you need to test it you need to get your data uh, from real customers not from your team, your team, like your proximity team, your friends, your network can help you troubleshoot usability or does it make sense? Is it broken? They can help you with that. But the real juice comes from people potentially yeah. buying the product, right? Uh, because they will, they are uh, essentially the ones who, who are going to be, you know, validating mm. if, if if they really want it or not so yes it's very human centered it's very people centered so we it's, we we put a, a person a customer at the center of everything uh, and you know essentially this is this is uh, one of the core principles that I, i'm strongly advocating for because it makes makes a huge difference uh, because guess what my opinion about how things should be done doesn't it doesn't matter Yes. I, I, I can bring my experience. I can bring the best practices, how things you know, can be done. But essentially, if I am not my target audience, if I'm not my you know, dream customer, 
I will never be able to, you know, give a feedback uh, on, on the product in a very non-biased way. Mm. Because I'm not, the, I'm not the person who's going to be using that, let's say, a product, you know, in, in their hands. I'm not. So it's very important to see the difference. Uh, and, and really, one of the, one of the really uh, cool things that design thinking can actually teach you as an entrepreneur is, is to be able to step away from trying to solve it for, for your client uh, from your own perspective. Yes, mm. you can put your own flavor. Yes, you can put your own, own genius into it. However, you also need to understand the side and, you know, the side of your, your customer and, and how they're perceiving it. How are they feeling about it? Right. All that spectrum. Mm. Very interesting. I totally relate to what you were saying earlier on about, you know, don't ask what that you can ask your team, but your team are not your customers. Exactly, and because I used to do that myself, <laughs> you know, I think we all, we all did. We all did. Me that. too. Like I, I <laughs> I have to, like, I have my own, you know, like I have my own checklist that I run myself through uh, before doing certain sessions, before doing certain solution, working on certain parts, just to put myself in, in into, into the, first of all, right state of mind, you know, mm. and, and, and heart, and also just to shut my bias down. Like, it, it's very easy once you, once you, once you grasp that, uh, that you have your own bias, because that, that's the, everyone operates that way. Like there is, yeah. it's inevitable for you to have a, a certain opinions, assumptions uh, about something. That's just the, that's just how the human beings are, you know, wired, right? Right. So let's take an example. Let's talk customer journey. Because yep. customer journey is, is an important aspect of, you know, reaching out to people and understanding how they reach out to you and you know, the, the connections between you and, 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 and the companies. But the thing is, if I follow what, what you said, I believe that most of the time we do the customer journey based on our own perspective as entrepreneurs, you know, as the selling, the selling the service or the product. Now, what does it mean, a customer journey from the customer's perspective? So customer journey from customer's perspective is any touch point that they have any exposure they have to you. Mm. And this could be at any point in their life. One thing that, that, that I really enjoy doing because it, it really sheds a lot of light, uh, you know, on, on the reality is that I love uh, drawing out the, the customer journey, really just, just steps, right? Like a type of a timeline, you know, mm. you, can, you can think of it from A to B from the perspective of business or entrepreneur, okay? This is what we think. This is what we think it is for mm. us, okay? This is what it is. This is our truth, okay? And then I go and speak to our customers and I actually ask them to, not directly like a map out, but I basically elicit the information from them to see their journey and then I draw it out and then we can see are we aligned? Are we matching? Right? Mm. How is the customer actually perceiving us? Uh, do they really care? Like you know, like uh, it's just really uh, looking, looking, looking at a you know customer journey from the customer's eyes, right? Yeah, Through from their, their eyes, from their truth. Versus yeah, they, the they, their truth. truth. Yeah, and also from their you know point of view and perception of their mm. reality, which quite often is 
is, is quite different from what people thought, what even I thought, right, as a professional and knowing how to solve certain things. So, uh, you know, it's very fascinating, but obviously you should never rely on the information from one customer, neither from two or three. You, 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 need, to, you need to get your numbers up. Uh, so let's say at least 10, 20, you know, let's say uh, you do 40 interviews. Like there is a lot of effort in there, right, to do it. But the mm. amount of information that you will get out of it is just tremendous because that is the truth. That is, this, that is the truth of the people you are trying to serve. Going back to your journey, what are you are the most proud of? I'm looking for a word, but the, 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 the closest one that comes to me is uh, I had the guts mm. to say no to the very clear paved path of me, you know, going through the, you know, you could call it ranks, right, in a creative industry. Mm. And say no to to the usual path, where uh, where I where I said okay if I stay here in two or three years time I'm gonna be a creative director, and then this and that and you know I'm you know it's gonna be so cool and you know uh, just like many many people are striving you know to towards that path, and I was like, do I really want this? Like is this it? Uh, is is this you know like do I need to climb any kind of ladder? Is this, is this really, you know, is this really fulfilling my heart? Like, do, how do I feel about this? Like, what is, what feels right to me? Mm. And I think the most part of it is just saying no to that and, and really, uh, really leaving that type of a path behind because I just knew there is, there is so much more that I want to explore as a, as a, as a person, you know, as a human being. And what I'm referring to is really me quitting a really amazing job, really good pay, like security, mm. all of that, right? All of that, that, uh, you know, so many people strive for. Uh, I said, no, like I, I don't confirm. It just, it just didn't feel right. Uh, and uh, yeah, that is actually in my career. That is the most, most proud uh, moment for me. Uh, and when I connected to a professional, you know, level, that decision, that decision actually uh, helped me to grow tremendously as a person. And that, you know, that, that expansion of my awareness and expansion of experiences and basically what I've done, I went, uh, I quit and I went traveling on my own for two mm. years around the world. Right. So doing that, making the decision basically and exposing myself to a very different experiences actually made me grow tremendously. And then when I, when I look back and I came back to my professional, you know, uh, environment, um, I was a very different, like I was a different person. I was, it was still me, but uh, I was just, my experiences were so much richer and I was so much more relaxed and and just at ease and really you know like my thinking expanded a lot that i was able to solve and i was able to work on very complex things mm -hmm. a lot of ease and that would never happen if i would stay in a safe kind of a silo of environment of the creative industry so you know anyone who is who is really, you know, uh, growing up in, in their uh, field of expertise, I highly recommend you to expose yourself to very different things that have nothing to do with what you are used to. And more you do it, uh, like 
more more free you will become uh, in, in in problem solving and in looking for a new ways of actually uh, you know do something or create something uh, that are not coming from your past experiences right it's about being being exposed to the present moment and create from this moment mm -hmm. not from uh, you know i think don't get me wrong i think having an experience obviously and, and knowing how certain things are done is super useful but uh, if you rigidly stick to that i never stick to one uh, methodology or framework and this is it this is the holy grail no that that's 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 so limiting i love combining you know, uh, I love combining how science approaches, you know, uh, thesis and, and then, you know, the explore. I love bringing that into my discovery because it's just a different way of, you know, doing things. Uh, so really exposure to, 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 to different flavors mm -hmm. of the world, it just makes, makes it so much more richer for you. All right. I was about to ask you about the, the one recommendation you would give to entrepreneurs up there, but I think I got my answer. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, like... For me, I know now it's a little bit harder, but uh, first I would definitely recommend uh, get out of your comfort zone and go somewhere you've never been. Uh, mm. What's even more daring, I dare any entrepreneur to go into a country that doesn't speak much English and stay there for a few months, stay there for half year, who dare to do that. Mm -hmm. and, and you will see how your perception changes. You will see how you actually seeing and looking back, uh, you know, where you came from, Looking back, uh, the, the things that were super familiar to you, you will see how that was actually keeping you very nicely cushioned, comfy, uh, mm -hmm. and, and just not, not allowing you to, to think beyond or to feel the things beyond that. So, yeah, yeah definitely. If you can, please travel. And totally. look, you, you've been, you've been yes, in Asia for exactly. many years. I was, I was about to say, totally agree. I mean, I lived in Asia for 20 years give me a complete different perspective on on things yeah what do you want to take your business you know what's the big dream it's really for me to to allow and help uh people to and especially entrepreneurs to really uh get the know-how of of uh, for example my 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 field of you know design thinking and uh, customer experience and user experience uh, designer, mm -hmm. I really want to bring this know-how to you know smaller businesses uh, and uh, entrepreneurs, and I really strive to help them to be independent, because I believe when when you have many independent thinkers and creators, which essentially entrepreneurs are, because they are solving problems you know in the world. I think, you know, more flavors, uh, uh, more uh, diverse uh, way of approaching things. And then, you know, they can, they can join the forces on, on certain projects together, but more different perspectives, mm. right? Uh, that, you, that you bring into something to, to create something, you know, do something. Uh, it just uh, brings that, um, brings the possibility to, to really push those boundaries. So I really want to help and, you know, and I'm already doing it. I'm, you know, I really want to empower entrepreneurs uh, with this know-how, with this knowledge. And especially when they stay get stuck on something uh, and they get stuck in their own, you know, own way, right? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> uh, really help them how, how, to, how to get away with, you know, just, just to get over that. 
So that is, that is kind of, you know, my, my big dream really to, to help them, to teach them how to do it, to guide them through those experiences. So I do, I do a lot of, um, workshop and masterclass facilitation, you know, in creativity and also in innovation. And there are ways and techniques and uh, exercises and ex uh, it's very experiential. I love doing that because that really engages uh, people, not just from the intellectual level, you need to engage from the intuition uh, mm -hmm. and not many know how to do that. So there are ways you can actually do that using your body. Uh, so that th those are the things that I really want to bring much closer, much closer to entrepreneurs because that will free them. It will free them from being stuck uh, or being desperate to lift up something or, you know, just, just, to, just to help them with, with different perceptions because it will, help, it will really, you know, as soon as you widen someone else's uh, horizon and possibilities, and, you, and, and they relax a little bit more, uh, it's more easier for them to then build up their business, to, to be aligned with that business, with their mission, you know, mm -hmm. as, as they say, you know, to flow, right? Um, that's, a, that's, that's a typical one, you know, like when you're in your state of flow, when you're relaxed, you are able to create and you're able to surpass any, any yeah. limitations you had, you know? So it's creating that awareness, how to do that. Uh, that's that's be, really like uh, I'm so like uh, it, this keeps me up at night, you know, as they say. And I'm really passionate about it because I know it's possible. I've seen it. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. I've seen. So yeah, in a, yeah. In a spot, super in exciting. A, in a spot industry, they call it that you be in the zone. Yeah, Beauty yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the same. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. How can people contact you? So people can uh, just find me directly on my website, which is zuzanadobro.com. And on the, uh, in there, I also have links to my, uh, you know, social, just connect with me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Uh, I'm super approachable, you know, so uh, just, yeah, just reach out and I'll be very happy you know, to chat. Great. Thank you very much, uh, Zuzana, for your time. I really enjoyed your conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, thank you all for listening. If you have any questions for my guest or for myself, or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, send an email to contact at or reach out on LinkedIn. See you next time. Bye-bye.